So welcome everybody to another episode of uh, the data-driven supply chain. Today, I'm your host Yasin, and we'll talk uh, uh, about an important pro uh, topic in uh, procurement, supply chain in general, which is how to handle um, a complex uh, multidisciplinary uh, project. And uh, to do so, we have an expert in project management with us. You already know him, Ahmad. Uh, thank you for being here and uh, to uh, uh, answer my questions. Uh, so, uh, can you present you uh, as, uh, Can you present you a bit um, your background in project management um, in general? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. First of all, thank you, Yasin, for 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 having me today. Um, so, yeah, project management for me goes back of like almost ten, almost a decade. So I've been in um, multiple project roles, mostly related to software. Um, but when I got to more of general business management, I found the approach to be quite effective in managing uh, almost any kind of uh, thing that you could define as a project where there's a allocated start and end date. So yeah, I've, 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 I've worked in a lot of projects, have been part of successes, failures. There's a lot, uh, lot in there. Um, yeah, so quite excited to be here today. Fantastic. So you'll be able to um, answer my burning question about this uh, sphere, which um, I'm still also learning a lot. Uh, it has enormous amount of depth. Um, so let's let's start it uh, easy, where um, everybody start. Um, well, how do you start a complex project uh, that you have to manage with like multiple people involved in different departments? How do you do? How do you even go about starting something like this? Yeah, there's 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 a there's a couple of key things that uh, uh, you need to keep track of when you're starting a project. First thing, and I guess what goes with anything that you start is being able to define the scope of what a project is. Right, a project generally, the way I differentiate a project and a product is a project has a start and end date, where a product does not have an end date. So, anything that has a start and end date, you the first thing you want to do is define the scope which means you're identifying the goals the objectives the deliverables what is it um, that you have to deliver at the end of it and then this after having this established and that's the most important thing then you work your way backwards to the resources and how you want to move forward so first get the scope established and get and set that in place second thing i would say for a complex project specifically you need is a good plan you want to have a detailed plan which is comprehensive, that outlines all the activities, all the timelines, all the resources that you need to do in a project. And one very important thing is to have a good risk management plan also outlined with your project plan. Um, if you read, uh, for example, the PMI Institute, they'll tell you only 35% of projects get completed on time, maybe around 46% are completed within the budget, and only like 40% of the projects meet their original goals and objectives. So these things change over time. That's a reality that happens, which is why good, a good project manager, especially when it's a complex project, will have a good risk management plan also included in the, in the, in the project. Third thing is once you uh, uh, have those allocated, uh, once you have the, those set, then you want to look at your resources, right? Identify the key resources. This is personnel. This is funding. This is equipment. You want to make sure all of that is in place and you have a good 
good transparent overview of 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 what's what's needed there um then you build your team once all of that gets started to get approved you build your team um you 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 identify the skills and expertise and competences that you need and you define the role for each of them um next a very important part which i've personally have had a lot of challenge with is having a good communication plan there's multiple people in a project some people just like to be informed some people or some stakeholders want to be involved in the decision making process for you to be able to identify them and have a good communication plan of how you're going to give updates how you're going to have meetings and then even with your team you want to make sure there's a good cadence um set up and then once all of those things are there, then it's it, it's it's like you call it this you call this like more of like a monitor and control stage, but that's where you have a new reality and it hits you on every step of the way. But, but again, if you created a good project plan, had a good risk management plan, you should be able to navigate your way uh, throughout that. So yeah, that's that's on a very high level how you can sort of have a guideline or a framework to manage uh, complex projects. Just this, I think it's a very, um, uh, very good insight because um, uh, the natural tendency is that you work with what you have to hit the goal. So you start in reverse, actually. You start with like yeah. the folks that you have and you have a bunch of people in different teams yeah, that want yeah. to get involved into that thing, but it's the wrong way of looking at it. You have to look yeah. at, okay, we want to get there and I need yeah. this and then we're going to yeah. do this and this is the how we're going to manage risk. Um, yeah. Oh, that's great. And um, um, on this on this particular point uh, about failure, um, so uh, uh, can you restate how uh, uh, the project uh, uh, most likely fail? And the other thing I want to know is like um, uh, if change management uh, uh, and the the changing goal is such a big um, uh, such a big issue, how do you handle that? Sure. So I'll first start with like why projects fail. So I shared with you a number from PMI. There's different numbers from PWC where, where they say like 37% um, fail because of unclear requirements, around 35 because of timelines uh, not managed uh, properly, and 37 around around 37% because of uh, changing requirements. Because you start something, you you realize, hey, this is not what I was expecting, although we defined it. But when the final result came out, this is not what you were expecting, and you had to have some kind of change management uh, put in place. But essentially, I would I would sort of um, maybe point out like five main things that that are, in my experience, in my personal experience, been like at the edge of why projects fail. First, and I think the most important one is lack of clear goals and objectives. We tend to start start a project. And we're not sure what is it that we really want. Like we saw something somewhere, or there's somebody built an amazing airport in some country, and we're like, hey, this is what I want. That's not an objective. That's kind of like this, this is a wish, right? That I want to get to. So having these <laughs> yeah, not having them clearly stated, the clear goals and objectives clearly identified um, with all the team members and alignment amongst amongst stakeholders. When it's a complex project, there's not one person who's responsible for it. Sometimes you have government, sometimes you have different managers, different executives who are all part of like your uh, project steering committee who, who have some stake in this project. Um, and identifying them early on and having clear objectives and identifying the objectives that the project is supposed to deliver 
that's the number one reason. Um, I used to think initially that's not the main one, but I'm telling you this is really why most projects <laughs> projects fail. Second one is the one that you would think naturally is lack of resources. Um, it does happen. Um, and it, it basically also stems back to the objectives because if, if you're not clear on the objectives, if you don't know what you want to do, then you don't know what you need to do that, right? Like, so you, you yeah. it kind of is interconnected. And so, and it goes all the way to funding, staff, equipment, whatever you need to be able to get that uh, into place. Third uh, reason that I would point out is communication. Um, it's essential for projects because pr in project you're, probably working with cross-functional team. Everybody comes with their own biases, different mindsets. And because the project progresses over time, you need to have a clear understanding of, for example, what does done mean, right? Like I said, aids done, what does it mean? Did I finish the whole scope? Did I finish a sub part of what I was expected to do? This establishing those uh, early on um, helps you avoid misunderstanding, delays and errors in the whole project. And in today's world, you're probably doing it remotely. So there's not a lot of visibility on what you're, what's actually being done, um, which is why establishing that is super, super critical. Fourth would be changing requirements. And that happens a lot, right? Like you establish the objectives, you got the resources for it, but something happened. Uh, the requirements changed, COVID happened or whatever happened, you could have certain events that could take place, which sometimes are in your control and sometimes out of your control. Being able to manage that um, uh, and being able to keep on top of that is 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 a big challenge, and sometimes that's why they fail. You started to you started you started a project thinking um, uh, thinking that you know like we're gonna I'll give an example of let's say procurement right like you started a project you were gonna build an aircraft for whatever reason the funding stopped right like now now what do you do right like you don't have the funds. Um, how are you gonna change, manage this change in the requirement? Um, and the last would be, uh, for me, would be planning. If you don't have a detailed project plan and not the right documentation and all of that not set up properly, it can lead to it can, it can lead to a lot of failures because um, sometimes you have multiple people that are gonna be coming onto this project um, later on in the cycle, and if they don't have the right context it gets difficult for them to catch up. Or sometimes your contractor leaves or, I don't know, supplier changes. If they don't have the whole context of how you got there, it's very difficult for them to then catch up. So having proper documentation, having a good plan uh, established is, is super important uh, to make sure that this project uh, stays on top. So yeah, that's 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 my thoughts. That, that makes a lot of sense, like um, um, about why um, things change so much if let's say um the communication with the stakeholder is not clear and they even yeah. them they don't know what to what they want True. because True. if they don't want they, they don't know what they want and there are multiple of them um <clears throat> there's there's zero <laughs> chance that you're gonna get yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. because they're pointing in different yeah. direction right yeah um and uh, uh i i see it even like with the people that are kind of close like even when i'm i'm doing a project let's say when I was uh, doing research, um, yeah. sometimes even the folks that you like super align, you're talking about let's say one specific project and how to yeah. to 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 do yeah. the stuff, and then you see a, a bit of misalignment because they, you were not thinking the same thing, and yeah. not making this explicit at the start is uh, a major point of failure, I think. Um, so. Um, since the stakeholders are so important and uh, like they are the one deciding like 
where you want to go and we have to be clear on that how yeah. how do you manage them how do you how do you work with them if like they're technically supposed to be higher above in the hierarchy than you yeah 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 definitely uh, that's a, that's a great question um I, the first 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 important thing you want to do is to be able to identify them and you're going to be like hey why do i need to identify no like the boss is the stakeholder or the one who's funding the project is the stakeholder but that's that's never true the stakeholder is anybody who has a stake in this project. And that's what a lot of times um, project managers overlook, right? Like your customer who's going to use is a very important stakeholder. The anybody who is going to interact with this project, regulators, suppliers, other parties, government who has interest in this project is a stakeholder. And it's super important for you to identify these stakeholders. You will be surprised at so many projects where the boss is happy, everybody's happy, but some rules, some law came into place that sort of overrid everything that was uh, supposed to be part of the project. So first thing to be able to manage them, you need to know who they are, where they are, um, how, the, what is their involvement in the project? Second thing, it's a cliche, but understanding their needs. Each of them come in with a different stake. Um, they, they have uh, different interests. They have different concerns about the project. And as a project manager, you want to take the time to understand their individual needs and account that and account different perspectives into your overall project strategy. So having a good understanding of their needs, establishing that early on when you're doing that project plan is, is, is critical. Third thing is communicating effectively. Um, it's, it's super important, especially since if, if they're diverse, making a good communication channel which is regular and clear to the stakeholders and asks for their feedback in different stages for the product uh, for the project will help you um, help you get that insight as the project is progressing so you will be able to detect those changes um, or detect the change in interest as the project starts to process and again there is no fixed style some people like in person it could be a meeting where you get everybody sometimes it's just a phone call sometimes it's a survey but there needs to be communication happening with the stakeholder um, based on their engagement and interaction with the project so i don't expect you to sort of try to call all the future customers who who are going to be part of it but you need to have a way to be able to sense that um, fourth setting clear expectations and then um uh basically uh communicating the expectations every time right like when you do a project you want to make sure you're able to say what has been done what's in the timeline and how is the project progressing and you want to make sure that this is being communicated um stakeholder wide and every stakeholder based on their interests that you identified is being able to you're being able to communicate that information or 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 have those expectations delivered uh, as you're as you're moving forward. Um, and then a big part of it, a big part that I think once you start a project, you start to see is conflicts. There's definitely going to be conflicts that you'll see. One stakeholder is going to say something, another one is going to have a different opinion about it. And there needs to be you need to put in place as a project manager, since you're the one who's been um, identified with the decision making authority to be able to have healthy conversation, identify first, maybe identify potential sources of conflicts early on so that you can manage them better. And then once they happen, have a good resolution plan for them in place. So um, when, when two stakeholders have different opinions, either through dialogue or whatever means necessary, you're able to remove these impediments from your 
from your uh, from your projects. And then uh, I guess last thing is like have a have a good uh, stakeholder engagement plan. So um, be able to uh, just very similar to the expectations. Be able to communicate uh, with progress updates, engagement activities with your stakeholders uh, regularly. So it's uh, uh, the life of a project management. There's this joke is like a project management never sleeps is, 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 is actually true because there's so many things that can go wrong. And your job is to make sure that uh, anything that can go wrong is sort of mitigated early on. If it goes wrong and you did not think about it, and if it was like an unknown unknown, you're the you're the captain of the ship. So you need to make sure you're able to divert it into the into the right direction. And I think this is more of a muscle that you built. You have to do a few projects yourself. Um, have to deal with conflicting stakeholders. And as you as you progress through these guidelines, you start to get better and better as you move. God, that that makes that makes so much sense. Like that um, um, that the the stakeholders are so at the center of it, and they're dictating the goal, which like are dictating the rest and the resource that you have and that a failure to map the stakeholder um 100% lead to a failure to 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 yeah. land the project like let's, let's say you, you didn't map the, the customer on the in the yeah. project and you deliver the stuff yeah. and then the, everybody's happy but then the customer is not um yeah. or the legislature are not like like you said it's kind of like useless you did all of this work uh, for nothing okay i get, I get yeah. that um um in your like uh okay the stakeholders are are unlock um you are, have a change management process in place you're you're doing good with like the main source of failure but, like there's always stuff that goes wrong right like a, yeah i've never yeah. seen a project that goes 100 right even yeah. with like the best best project manager so how how to how do we avoid um the major source of delays um, in right. the project. Let's say like something unexpected happened. How how do we do yeah. that? Yeah, take the example of this uh, Terminal Five in London Heathrow, right? Like this was a project with hundreds of suppliers, so many things uh, involved, and it got it got really delayed. It, it got delayed up to years before this thing was completed. It was launched. It was a failure. There was so many instances that happened into it. But when you could get to get to delays, I think. One of the most important skill of a project manager is to be able to do root cause analysis very fast. Um, and uh, delays happen in the shape of symptoms and delays happen in the shape of root causes. Uh, for example, you let, let's say there's a part you're waiting for, right? Like there's a part that you're supposed to, it's supposed to arrive and you're supposed to use that to for your project. And the part is delayed. Right now, the part is late, and your in your sort of instinct is to go and try to sort of get the part on time. That's that's the outcome you want to try to get. Is I just want to get my part on time, but the cause of the delay, <laughs> the cause of the delay, could be multiple reasons, and it's very important for for a project manager to know why this part got delayed. Like yes, we can fix it, and we can find another supplier that's going to get us a part. But if I don't I don't identify the root cause. I'm not going to be able to scope future unforeseen circumstances. And when it's a complex project, there's so many things that this is happening. So the, for, the first thing is uh, identifying the root cause. And in that, like sort of uh, controlling your instinct to just solve everything. That's not what you want to do. You want to be able to understand and identify. And, and you learn so much from that process. So maybe 
the raw materials are short in the market. If I know that's the cause of the delay, I know everything else that uses this raw material will also be delayed. So I can actually, I need to plan about it uh, from today. Um, second thing is prioritizing my stuff. That is so, so difficult as a project manager because you have thousands of activities to manage and do. And it's just critical for your project success to be able to prioritize them accordingly. And there's this complication of dependencies, right? Like when the, let's say I'm, I'm building an infrastructure, when the contractor for the base finishes, then, then only the other contractors can start to build the rest of the building. If this guy is late, everybody else is late. So this needs to be prioritized first. That's just an example for you to know. So like everything um, where another party is dependent to start their work, the first party needs to finish first, uh, needs to finish earlier. Um, so that prioritization is something that the pro project manager needs to take care of if they want to manage uh, delays. Third thing is you're going to go, you're going to create this awesome plan in the start of your project. And just 60, 70% of this time, this plan is going to blow over your head, right? And you need to know how to adjust your project plan. That's a very important skill, right? Like some people like are meticulous they like perfection but that's if, if that's your if that's how you like things then project manager yeah. being a project manager is not a is not the is not the career you want to you want to have because it's going to fail things are going to things are going to go down so in your head um psychologically and you, you need to have that uh, need to have that thick skin tough skin to be able to adjust your plan according to the changes um, and then face the new reality and then see how you can manage those delays and see how you can basically mitigate mitigate those uh, risks. Six is always keep track of stuff. There's just uh, this beauty in having a daily stand-up, five minutes, just to make sure, or, or depending on the team, or your teams to have those daily stand-up meetings. They are there for a purpose, uh, which is to for, for the team to be able to tell you so you can't just have a plan, give it to the team, and they'll just do everything. You need to be able to regularly track um, uh, progress and identify not only delays, but potential delays. So the question is not, hey, what's not working? But the question is, what do you foresee being a challenge? And if these are identified by you earlier, then just like we, we talked about procurement and parts, just a supply a buyer knowing that the part is going to be late can can uh, can help them do series of things which will help to mitigate the risk. The same same principle applies here. Last thing, do a good postmortem after the delay. The delay happens. There are going to be more of. If it's a long project, you're going to have multiple uh, delays. Use the delay as an opportunity to learn, improve your process, identify what worked well, what didn't work well, and do a good post-mortem for those delays. Don't just like, if there was a delay and you figured it out, you solved it, that's not the end. The end is once you do a good post-mortem of it and understand, um, you'll be, be you'll, you'll be, you'll be better equipped to manage uh, delays from there on. Yeah. Yeah. You can't solve it forever. Not just like exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. This is, this exactly. is good stuff because I remember at some point, um, in the pandemic in the aerospace industry, like there were like a, some specific raw material were, yeah. kind of out of stuck everywhere and then everybody was freaking out yeah. but like they were trying to find new supplier but like yeah if they're like if they if they all don't have them yeah it won't work like maybe if some one of them like stocked it maybe that will work 
Um, but understanding yeah. the root cause of it, that like, yeah. it's not it's not because of him or, or them. It's Definitely. because of where they're getting the raw material from, which has another cause. Yeah, um, yeah the, actually, uh, I'll take a second to ask maybe you a question because you have you have more experience on the procurement side of things. How do you find, uh, so I'm speaking more in general in terms of overall project management, specifically like because I know most of the, most of the listeners are from the procurement field. How do you see um, procurement uh, managers uh, kind of like slash, I would even call them project managers because they're responsible for working with an external party. There's a time bound to it. Um, and then they need to deliver something by the end of that time. And there's multiple people involved, uh, their managers, the suppliers and everything. Um, how do you see those learnings um, applied to procurement as a whole? And what do you think specifically procurement managers should be looking at when they are procuring parts slash managing projects? Yeah, well, um, the, the thing is um, uh, most, um, uh, especially in manufacturing, most uh, uh, procurement manager that I've seen were always, always in reactive mode. Um, they were always just like uh, uh, clearing up like the fire that they have right now, um, and it's as if like every every part that they're trying to source or like parts for a project or whatnot is a is a separate project that they're trying to to run, and uh, they seem to not have any breathing room to kind of improve the the over the rest of the stuff, uh, and when they do for whatever reason, um, they're they're usually focused on the wrong thing. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of my 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 impression here. I think like a, from experience and from what I, I've I've seen and help a bunch of them, um, when you just give them uh, uh, enough visibility to know what's happening without having to um, to to always react, uh, it, it helps tremendously. It's like it's like giving headlights uh, in a car at night, right? It's much. It's fantastic when it's daylight. It's fine, but when when you're at night, um, it's fantastic. You can see like what the four or five meter uh, away. You can plan. It's fine, and you can you can drive your car. But right now they're kind of running with. Um, most of them are running with like no headlights, um, and uh, very very little visibility. So they're always like kind of uh, going left and right. Um, so yeah, that that's my my first uh, 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 the main thing. The rest is kind of I from what I've seen, they're they're very meticulous and detail oriented project manager because they have to. If you're if you're running a project with like um, the 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 most bare minimum tool, you have very very little margin for error. You start to become like paranoid about what can go wrong. So you're very very fast, and you 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 usually kind of Project manage, manage yourself not that bad, uh, but you never you never get to a level where you can run like very complex project for a long period of time because you don't have enough uh, enough visibility ahead of you to do to do that. Which, uh, in my opinion, is is a uh, one of the core thing. Like one thing you said was like, hey, just having this uh, five minute and uh, ten minute uh, uh, daily meeting helps getting visibility about what can what can go wrong. Um, the project in procurement are so complex that you can't really have daily meeting with like your suppliers. They have other stuff to do. They have other customers, right? 
And then you have other mini projects like this stacking up uh, with True. like potentially hundreds of suppliers. True. So True. this is not possible. Having yeah. visibility about, hey, we're doing great here, we're doing, oh, there's an issue over there um, is one of the core thing that uh, I've seen missing like all across the board. True. No, definitely, definitely. That's, uh, uh, I, I guess that's what maybe kind of like differentiates uh, the procurement folks a little bit from like classical, classical project managers. But there is 100% a lot of, a lot of similarities uh, between the work they do and the work, uh, the way that work affects. It's more, I would say their work is often more repetitive in nature, whereas in a project you have a start and an end. Um, but it's like they manage multiple projects at the same time. Um, yeah, that's that's my feeling. Uh, yeah. It's like multiple mini projects. Some of them are longer because let's say True. you have to procure True. something a bit more complex, and it's like True. difficult. True. Or like you're running an RFP, so like this will take a long time, and then it will go into yeah. uh, the yeah. RFP process and might chop this down. But then at the same time, you have all of these mini, mini things that you have to procure. Yeah. At the same time. So yeah. It's, it's it's really like how I see it is like there's a one big project which is like yeah. the uh, procuring stuff for your company. It's kind of like a product because it goes forever, and then yeah. you have hundred a hundred mini project of varying size getting yeah. dumped constantly, constantly, yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah. They're getting dumped, failing for whatever reason because you have you have like uh, you have two like you have too many stakeholders. You have the legal right. finance. You, can, you have the engineering that need the stuff. Um, you have uh, uh, your own procurement reality, and then you have the suppliers, yeah. which have their whole downstream stuff also. Um, yeah. So it get it gets very complex to uh, um, to to manage, especially in in a in a time where they actually don't have that much time. They don't have that much breathing room to to get the stuff uh, stuff done. Definitely. Definitely. So <laughs> on that note, <laughs> any other <laughs> tips you have for people handling these kind of complex projects? Mm, let me think. Um, yeah, I guess uh, the the first, and I think that I, I've mentioned it again, and I don't think I can mention it enough, is establishing goals and objectives. That is super, super important with all your stakeholders. Make sure they are written, make sure they're signed off, do whatever it needs to ensure that these are these are well in place with you. The second I would I would keep it maybe more in line with since we spoke a lot about procurement, is have a good system in place. There's a lot of tech that is being built around you being able to keep track of your projects. And in, in classical project management, we use Visio, we use other softwares that help us. You know, kind of like keep track of uh, how the project is progressing. In procurement, particularly, there's a lot of tools. You don't have the luxury of doing the daily stand-ups, but I know there's tools that help you track um, things and flag stuff for you uh, in the same fashion, just like a daily meeting would do. Um, make use of them. Ensure that they you have uh, you are using those advanced tools because you need those tools not when things are good you need those tools when things are starting to get uh, get a bit more challenging they will save your life they will help you um, uh, get to the right get to get get to be able to monitor progress and make adjustments uh, much much earlier before they become failures um, and then I guess the last thing would be have good communication channels set up it's so important to be able to communicate and again it goes back to the tools 
those tools will help you broadcast uh, your communication effectively. Um, and uh, they will they will help you uh, make sure that every stakeholder, every 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 person involved in the project is getting a good update and that they're they're doing their work with the new context in mind, whatever has changed uh, throughout the project. So yeah, those those I would I would I would definitely say are, are are some tips. And again, tools I wouldn't get specifically into the tools, but there's there's hundreds of out there. You might need anything, one. anything but Excel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't don't use Excel. Don't use Excel to manage projects because Excel is like this tool that sits in your in your PC, which nobody has visibility over, and no one knows what's what's going on in there. So, use a tool that that all your stakeholders are using. Definitely, don't do stuff on Word. You go and change the whole plan, and nobody knows about it. That's that's a recipe for disaster. It truly really is. Well, thank you, Ahmad, for 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 these beautiful tips. Um, managing complex project is difficult. It's not like it's it's a it's it's not like a it's a managing simple project times ten. It's like times ten thousand. Um, it require a, a very good expertise and a very good system, uh, both procedural and tooling in place, in order right. to be able to do them effectively. Right. Um, right. So fantastic. Uh, people can reach out to you uh, through LinkedIn. 100%. Um, thank you for being here. We might do uh, some other ones like this. Uh, I want to get all of, all, of, all of that knowledge about project management and share it with our folks. Uh, this has been the Data Driven Supply Chain. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe, and we'll see you next week.